Welcome to Business Unveiled Podcast. This is the place where we help overwhelmed, time-starved entrepreneurs like you make the profitable shifts to get more done and get more out of life. I'm your host, Angela Prophet, award-winning eight-figure entrepreneur and CEO. And in every episode of Business Unveiled, I'm bringing you conversations that will give you the expertise and strategies that will scale your team and business so you can get shit done. That's GSD in our world. So get your time back and grow a business that helps you be present in your life. Let's do this, y'all. Today's podcast is being brought to you by one of my favorite, favorite video apps called Vlog Easy. What you're going to love about this app is that you can do two main things with it. The first thing that I use it for is if I'm doing planned content videos, it actually edits for you. It's called jump cutting. There's no other app that does this. It saves me hundreds and hundreds of hours of editing. So you can create amazing videos in no time by using this app to promote your business. It will help you grow your business, bring brand awareness, and convert sales. In addition to the jump cut feature, there's over 5,000 royalty-free photos, videos, and stickers, and you can share it to any platform. You can video in different ratios. You can do it in vertical, horizontal, square. The second way that you are absolutely going to love using this app is to vlog throughout the day. So you can start it in the morning, vlog throughout the entire day, export it at night, and place it on any of your social platforms. And if you're into Instagram like I am, and you can export it in 15-second increments specifically for your Instagram story. This will become your go-to app to wash, rinse, repeat your content. For an exclusive rate, and you get an amazing deal if you use my link, go to angelaprofit.com slash vlog easy. And that's V as in video. Hi, y'all. It's Angela. I'm back for another episode of Business Unveiled. And we are going to unveil something really fun and really different and really unique today. And I know a lot of you listening, you're ladies, and I know a lot of you are married and you have a significant other. And so you're really going to want to listen up. But most importantly is we're going to talk to you about the entrepreneur journey of a co-founder who founded this amazing company. It is a simple skincare line for men. And so there's going to be lots of fun takeaways here because if you're looking or you are wondering, I know you've been hearing this buzzword disrupt, like how do you disrupt an industry? How do you find your crowd? And this is what Kelly Thornton, co-founder of Tiege Hanley, and it's T-I-E-G-E, because you're going to want to go on YouTube and watch their videos. They're really, really funny. And so we'll put all this in the show notes, but I want to welcome Kelly to the show. How are you? Good, Angela. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited that you can share your entrepreneur story with us today. So before we were starting to record, we were chatting all about creatives and how we're a different breed. We know we're a different breed, Um, but some people know that and some people don't know that. Um, And you were telling me a little bit about your background, but before you even founded 
um, this skincare line specifically for men, like take us way back. Like how'd you grow up? I know you've had other companies. Tell us about those companies and what inspired you to start Tish Hanley? Yeah, that's cool. Um, I don't get this question very much. So, you know, I, I always knew that I wanted to have my own business. And I think, um, you know, that question that you probably have addressed in some of your podcasts before, like, are you, you know, are you, are you an entrepreneur by nature or are you forced to be one? Um, or, you know, how does it happen for you? I, I always knew that I wanted to own my own business. And when I, when I was, um, after I graduated from university, I was um, fortunate enough to get a job at a company that my father was in. And we were driving to work literally my first day. This happened to be outside of New York City. And um, I said to him, Dad, I'm, I don't know if I want to do this. I was going to go into a sales job. I said, I'm not sure if I want to do this. I really want to own my own business. And my father was very traditional conservative. He's like, just work, you know, get plenty of years of experience. And then if you still feel that way, you can go out and do it. And it took me like 25 years to start my second company because I had a company um, while I was in, uh, in, in college. Um, I started my second company um, after about 20 some years of working. And so I always knew that I wanted to start a business and, um, you know, and so it's, I've always had it in my heart to, to, to want to own my own business and to be the master of my own destiny. That's amazing. So where did you come up with the name for this skincare line? Yeah. So I, um, this actually really coincidental. We, um, I was visiting, it's a good segue from my last story. My father and I <laughs> were having coffee one morning. Um, he lived right outside of New York in uh, Manhattan in New Jersey. And um, he mentioned something to me um, about our family Bible, which I had not, not heard anything about ever before in my life. My father was getting a little older. So I think he was getting, he was at the point he's, he's deceased now, but he's, um, he was, he was at the point where he was kind of nostalgic about things. And he said, I've got this family Bible upstairs. So he, he leaves the kitchen table and goes upstairs and comes down a minute later with this like very big kind of wrapped in linen cloth type of thing. And it literally was our family Bible from going back all the way from the 1400s. We are, my family wow. originally emigrated from um, Ireland. And so it was our, it was our, it was our family Bible. And, you know, in those days, like, like 23andMe and, you know, you know, Ancestry.com was like, yeah, obviously not, not a thing. And so people actually wrote the family um, tree in their Bibles, like the back 30 pages, all family tree. I'd never seen this before. And um, so I've spent many hours flipping through it. When I got to the back, I was fascinated with our family tree. And we were the Hanley family. Uh, my last name is Thornton, but we were the Hanley family in Ireland. And, um, uh, and Tej Hanley was one of my great, great ancestors. And I just love the name. And I'm like, I'm going to have a business called Tej one day. Um, and so I, I, you know, I also have a, another bad habit of buying URLs. I've been buying them. <laughs> Me too. Right. We all, we all, all of us entrepreneurs do that. <laughs> And, yes. <laughs> you know, and so I was like, and, and the worst thing too, Angela, is I like, you know, it's always in the night, late at night, and I've got this great idea and I'm drinking mm -hmm. a glass of wine and I think it's a great idea to go buy a URL. So I, I, I and, and none of them have done anything for me except Tej. I bought Tej.com um, 
you know, in the early 2000s. And um, so that's how I got the name for the business. And good old Uncle Teach would be proud of me now if, I, if he knows what I've done with his name. That's so cool. Well, and it means something. Like, it's Ooh. not just like some random name. Like my, um, I don't, I don't really know a lot about my, like my past ancestors. Like I've learned more since my grandmother passed away and then my dad passed away. It's crazy how it takes someone passing away to like, like go through like your family tree and shit. And so when my grandmother passed away, which was after my dad, I don't know, it was maybe like a year ago. I'm really bad with time. Yeah, actually it was right a year ago last week because my brother was going to have his first child and they had the baby and then we flew to my grandmother's funeral and flew back in the same day because his baby and wife were in the hospital. And so that's how I like remember that really well. And her first birthday was this past weekend. So mm-hmm. I'm really bad with time. At least remember that. But my brother told his wife, he's like, even if, if, whether it's a boy or a girl, I'd really like to use the name of my great, great, great grandfather that he had just like gone through the, our family tree and the name was Ori, like O-R-I-E. And then her family, like they carry out the, the name Rose, like R-O-S-E. And I'm yeah. like, if you name her Ori Rose, people are going to call her Oreos. But he did. They named her Ori Rose and everyone's like, where is that name? Like they've never heard the name, but it was our grandfather. So, so but it's like a story, right? So I mean, cool. it's a conversation starter. Yeah. So, cool. um, and his wife's so cool. Cause she was just like, all right, that's cool. Like yeah. you, uh-huh. you name her Ori and I'll do the rest. So it was neat. Um, so yeah, that's, that's really meaningful. That's really cool. Um, so when did you, how long have you had the company and when did you start it and what inspired you to actually start a skincare product line for men? Like, does this have to do with your own skin? It does, (laughs) although my skin doesn't look very good today, but I, um, (laughs) your skin looks great. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. And so does yours, by the way, it looks wonderful. Um, we, you know, I, I, I started, um, in 2009 with a global in-store design and strategy company, and we were spending most of our time helping big consumer product, good companies understand how consumers shop. So we're studying consumer shopping behavior, um, in different channels. So like how people behave in drugstore versus, you know, mass market versus grocery versus, you know, um, hypers. And, and then we were actually studying people globally, like how different people would shop in different countries and different. And so we spent uh, with that company, with my company, uh, my design company, it was called Purchase Point. I, we were going traveling globally with, um, with our customers and our customers were these big global CPGs, you know, the P&Gs of the world, right? The, the SC Johnson, Unilever, J&J, those companies. We were also doing a lot of stuff with pharma companies. So, you know, o- OTC pharma like Claritin and, um, and you know, um, Aleve and things like that. But through that mm-hmm. journey, um, they were really focused on a lot of the big CPG companies were focused on understanding like gender specific segmentation of personal care products. And they really identified early on that like men, you know, shop very differently. And they, they wanted us to do to help understand how guys shopped and, and help them sell more product at retail. Um, and we've spent most of our time in either in South America or in Asia. And I realized that 
the norms and the behaviors of men in specifically in Asia, but certainly in South America, were very, very, very different from the Western male or the, from the American male, and also different from the European male, um, especially you know, the Western European side of, of, um, of like the EU. And um, so, you know, the, the, the opportunity that I saw was tremendous um, to understand, you know, help American males understand skincare. Um, and so in that research, you know, my, my wife would say to me, you know, you really need to start using those products too, because you're not looking any better. And I was like, thanks, man. <laughs> You know, it was oh my like, gosh. yeah. So for all you ladies out there, I wouldn't necessarily suggest you take that exact tact, but um, <laughs> it didn't feel too good. But she was right, you know. And then I found myself, I found myself kind of like stealing and borrowing from from my wife over the years. Um, and as I was doing my research, I just was like really overwhelmed. I mean, um, you know, any guy that's like ever looked at skincare, it just like, we just don't have the patience for it. We don't have the patience mm-hmm. to shop and, you know, the, the idea of some of the, 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 you know, I mean, like a BB tin or a mask or, or, you know, a toner or, you know, uh, you know, that kind of stuff like serum that like scares the shit out of guys. Right. Um, so, <laughs> you know, um, we just need to like, we need simple, like we need uncomplicated. So I started teach Hanley with the idea of being an uncomplicated skincare um, company. We sell skincare systems, um, so, and we're monthly subscription. So we sell, we sell like um, a, base, a basic system would just be a wash um, and, uh, and, a, and a daytime uh, moisturizer. So, you know, we just, we just wanna help guys understand you need to take care of your skin. It's really simple, like two minutes a day, when you get up in the morning, wash your face with a really high quality um, face wash and like put a daytime moisturizer on. At the, this is at the minimum, right? That has mm-hmm. an SPF, um, uh, you, know, a, you know, ours is 20, so a 20 or, of, or higher. Um, and, and just like start there, just like when you brush your teeth morning and night, wash your face and put a good moisturizer on. And, um, and, you know, it's so important to take care of your skin. It's so important to use an SPF, even if you live, I'm in Chicago and we don't have a lot of sun up here all year round. It's still super important. You get, you, you know, you get the harmful rays of your, of the sun, no matter where you live and no matter what time of the year it is. So that was the idea. And we launched it in 2016, um, in July and, um, our business took off and we, we, um, we got to, um, you know, cash flow positive in five months of, 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 wow. being, uh, yeah. So we, we got our business took off and it's exploded year over year the last several years. That's amazing. So did you know that you'd for sure, when you started in 2016, did you know you wanted to be subscription base? So after that's, doing all the research, that's a great question. Actually, <laughs> no. Um, no, there's a little bit of backstory there. I have to actually rewind. Huh. I skipped a small little part and actually an important part. Um, I actually launched the company in 2015 and I launched it as like a pet project to my design agency. And I had one of my um, very good friends, Rob Hoxie from um, college who had just um, gotten out of a, he's been working for a company for 20 some years and the company had a very good exit and he was able to kind of exit um, out of that company and he was kind of you know 
looking around to see what he wanted to do next. And um, I tossed him the business plan and I said, this is the idea. What do you think? And we launched the company as a box um, of a, rout a routine around education. Um, but what we didn't do is we didn't put our own products in there. We put this highly curated product, a lot of stuff from South Korea and from Asia that I had, that I was, became aware of in a routine in a box. Um, and we, we were just, that was our idea. And it was around educating guys about how to use skincare and follow a simple routine. Um, it failed like within two or three months, we were like pretty much couldn't sell anything except for someone we knew and, you know, paid for to buy for us, um, gave them the money. Really? To buy so it was really kind of didn't work very well, you know, classic case of starting a business and failing fast. And, um, we reached out to Aaron Marino, who's a YouTube influencer. He had, um, he had about 750,000 YouTube followers, which was really pretty massive at the time. And he had, he'd been on Shark Tank, so he had some notoriety. And we wanted Aaron to pitch our business, our Teach business, um, on his YouTube channel, Alpha M. Um, and uh, through those conversations, we came to realize that Aaron really was very interested in being a partner in the business. And um, so I, after the first call or two, I called back Aaron and I said, really sounds like you love this business. You want to be a partner. And he says, I do. He said, keep your money, give me equity in the company. And I'll, I believe in it so much. Um, I'll sell it on my YouTube channel. Um, but I want you to build our, I want us to build our own brand and I want us to be a subscription company. So that's how we ended up going into subscription. And at the same time, we had another super duper lucky thing. Um, Rob was playing golf with uh, someone he knew in his, uh, where he plays up in Connecticut frequently. And he started talking to this gentleman who he had known for a while. And he was actually, um, a skincare, a chemist for a skincare company in New York. Hmm. Um, and so we brought our chemist in, um, and gave him a small portion of the business and he, he formulated all of our products and still is heavily engaged in our brand every day and formulates all of our products and a lot of the new products we've been developing. So that's how we got started. It was kind of a fairy tale story. We got really, really lucky. Well, I don't like, so when people say to me, oh my God, you're so lucky. I want to like barf on them because I'm like, oh my God, I've worked my ass off. And like all these life experiences, which a lot of people perceive as like bad things that would happen. Right. It's just teaching us quicker, like how to get better. Yeah. And so like, I don't think that's a bad thing at all. Um, but it sounds to me like you all knew that you needed a face of the company and the brand who already had a strong audience. Yeah. And so that was a huge strategic play. Um, and then, you know, your buddy playing golf just had to be in the right place at the right time. And, exactly. you know, God has a plan for everybody. <laughs> so when I'm like, no, nah, I don't know if it's lucky. It's just, you know, you are in the right places and in the right time for a certain reason. Um, and so is he, is Aaron the guy in mainly in like the YouTube videos, like he's the face of, yep. let me show you how this simple routine works kind exactly. of thing. <laughs> exactly. He's, you know, what makes Aaron so great and the reason why he, he's, and just fast forward to today, he has over 6 million followers on YouTube. But what makes him so great is that he's, you know, he's very relatable and he's very empathetic. Um, and I think that, you know, 
um, that speaks to why he's been so successful. Um, and, you know, he's, and, and he talks about um, the broader topics that's important to teach, right? So teach is a men's skincare business and we're helping guys look and feel amazing, which is, you know, our mission. Um, but he's having, Aaron's having a broader conversation with guys about what it means to be a male today. And that could be something simple about, you know, how do you um, ask a out on a date or what's appropriate, you know, texting technology, you know, manners to what do you wear on your first interview or how do you, you know, um, you know, how do you, uh, um, you know, choose what's the right business to get into those type of things. So he's talking about generally speaking, important issues to guys today. And so our kind of our business about guys wanting to look and feel amazing kind of fits right into this overall topic of, of men's health and men's wellness. And um, so that's kind of um, overarching kind of the, the space that we're in right now is, is, is men's, you know, men's health. So for, for everybody listening, the big, big, big takeaway here is right now you keep hearing all these buzzwords like be relevant and make sure that things are in alignment. And um, like this is a great example of that, like making sure that he already has the trust of an audience and he's just not out there selling one thing or selling something he has a brand around connecting with men period the end and then if he connects with those men and he's relevant and he's having those uncomfortable weird conversations for like q a um then i can see where his audience would definitely trust him and so did you guys so your chemist got together and then was he like let me try this for 30 days and see what the outcome is kind of thing I mean, how does that even work? Like with chemists, like how do you all test these things? Um, you know, for like, I know with, um, like I've done some stuff with Obagi and so they, um, so I know way more than I care to know about their skincare line, but we did some, some brand stuff with them and, um, you know, over the years to look at the pictures, OMG of like some of the women who, um, they're like 60, but they, look 35 yep. and because they've been following this process and then for, for women, when I looked at y'all's skincare line, I'm like, Oh, this is like the men's version of like an Obagi <laughs> right. because it has like the AM and the PM yep. and you've mastered making it easy and quick and a routine, which is the key thing here. And, and Obagi did this when they handed me all this stuff and they're like, these are six steps. I'm like, Oh hell no. I ain't nobody got time for that, especially busy entrepreneurs. But then, you know, they explained it to me and then they showed me like before and after pictures. And I was like, holy shit. Okay, I'll do it. (laughs) Two minutes every morning and every night. And I don't, I want to look younger. You know, the older we get, the more it's like, oh my God, those lines. Um, But it all comes down to a good foundation to cleaning your skin and then keeping your skin like the moisturizer. And like you said, the SPF, I think my, mine is like 50. And like, if I'm in the sun, I'll put it on four times, like throughout the day, like if I'm working outside, because and if y'all don't read the directions on these, on these sunscreen things, like really, like if you're in Mexico working, we put it on every hour Correct. or every 45 minutes because you're just sweating. Yeah. And so it's so important, like the long-term payoffs. But has Aaron done like any like before and after, like 
it'll be fun in 10 years to like go back and look at your yep. skin and his skin, right? Yep. <laughs> yeah, this is a really interesting question. I mean, so, you know, for the guys out there, most, most of our, most guys really just weren't aware, aware of this. There's just no, there's, there's no contextual relevance, Angela, for a guy to understand skincare because we just don't get those those courses from, you know, growing up where we, like our father, like toss us a, you know, a chic razor and says, this is what you do. You shave up and you shave down, you know, you warm up your face and that's it. Like that's the total tutorial that we get as guys on how to take care of ourselves. Um, so, you know, women, you know, fortunately hear a little bit more, most, many women hear a lot more from, from their, um, you know, from their mothers about how to take care of their skin. And so they've known it for a long time that good skin habits do pay off and do get, get, get results. When our chemist um, designed our formulas, we knew nothing about skincare, like zero. And we started taking those formulas to manufacturers to, to make for us. And the manufacturers came back to us and they were like, you really don't need all these ingredients. Like we could just, we could just like, you know, reduce your cost by like half. And really we're like, no, uh, you do that. <laughs> and then we literally, the, the company that we landed on to manufacture it, they, 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 they said to us, they literally said to us, these formulas are like the Ferrari formulas. And, um, we, you know, we were just like, fake it till you make it. Right. We were just like, of uh -huh. course we are. We know that we had no idea. Um, I think the moral of the story is like for us is we didn't really have any understanding of how important it is to have great ingredients and the, the, the percentage of active ingredients, how, how efficacious they really are. Um, our chemists really knew that. Um, and so we, we ended up, um, and we still do like now lean really, really hard into having phenomenal products. Like our products are really, really good. Um, you know, and, it, 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 and, and so we get people like pretty much every day, we have thousands, like five or 6,000 um, verified reviews on our website. And, um, and anybody that doesn't know what a verified review is, just a tidbit of information. Like when you go to websites, make sure all the reviews are verified. Like we, we can't censor what those reviews are. We can, we can you know, we can um, try if people give us bad reviews, there's like a 24 hour window of time that we could try to go back and rec rectify it, but we can't, we can't, um, edit out reviews. So we have super high reviews, like 4.6 or seven, um, out of 10 or out of five. And, um, we have great products and our, and we get calls like pretty much every day or emails every day. Um, um, we, we, we have about 300,000 visitors to our website every month. So we get calls, you know, all the time about, a product and people send us before and after pictures all the time saying they're That's awesome. at how well the, our products do. So to your point, you know, um, if you have great products and you use them consistently, um, you will see long-term results. I think a lot of women understand that guys are just learning it now. Yeah. And you're so right. Like, I don't know why, but I think back to like growing up and my own dad, like he didn't yeah, it was like a straight razor. And then maybe there was like some aftershave stuff, but it's like mm -hmm. some of the stuff now he's like, that's hoity-toity shit. You know, I guess it's like when you pass a certain age, maybe you're right. just like, oh, you know, whatever. But like when you're in your 30s and your 40s, like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad 
that from a very young age, like I planned the very first Botox conference when I was like 21 years old in Nashville, there was like 800 women there and all these plastic surgeons. And I learned all about Botox. And my mom was like, you better not put those needles in your face. (laughs) And I'm like, no, actually I'm going to try it. But I would do it like twice a year. And I mean, I've been doing it for 20 years, but it was like a preventative measure. But like, I didn't really know what I was doing. It's just, I I just trusted the the dermatologist and one of the doctors. I really liked her. And, you know, she gave me a bunch of free products (laughs) that were nice. And so I'm so thankful for that relationship. Um, She's the one who brought me in with Obagi and like some other, you know, branding opportunities. And so those relationships matter. Um, okay. So we know you, how we know how you got into the business and obviously you've learned over time that taking care of your skin is very important. Um, and you have co-founders and so how did you find them and how do you make it work? Cause I've heard great stories and I've heard not so great stories. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, well, so it all came better very quickly. It kind of alluded to it. I mean, I called Rob um, I had a business idea, so I, you know, founded the idea, had a business plan written, kind of tossed over to Rob. We started playing around with it in 15. Um, and, um, but when Aaron, when we reached out to Aaron and, and we brought Aaron into the business, that's when we, we got really serious and we created an operating agreement, um, you know, and it's kind of business one-on-one. So sorry if this is too sophomore, but you know, no, 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 we need to hear it. Yeah. Make sure you start off with really great operating agreements. Um, it's a real, real pain in the ass thing to do. It's not too, too expensive, but it does cost some money, you know, and getting great operating agreements are like the absolute, you know, critical to a successful partnership. It, it'll guide decision-making for years and years to come. Um, so, you know, once we got kind of the operating agreement uh, pounded out and it, it really helped us establish what everybody would be doing, um, you know, in, in, in the partnership and uh, what we would be doing for years. And, you know, operating agreements are like that funny thing. They're almost like it's, it's like planning for everything that could go wrong and why it would go wrong, what you would do in those cases. So it really helps you early on to think you know, about, and like, like what happens if someone, you know, gets thrown in jail? Like, does it get kicked out, kicked out of the partnership? You know, what if someone doesn't meet certain obligations? Does, you know, can we, can we take his shares back? Like all those things. It's really, it's really kind of an awkward and difficult, especially if you don't know your partners very well to go through it, but it's Mm -hmm. so helpful. And uh, I just got really fortunate because Aaron and Rob are phenomenal partners. Aaron, um, is a spokesperson for our company. He doesn't work day to day in our business. Um, and Rob does work day to day in the business and, and, and is really an instrumental, instrumental part of, uh, of our success. So we have a great partnership. Um, if we didn't have our operating agreement, we'd probably have a lot more problems. And even with that, you know, we get into our occasional, our occasional disagreements. Um, but I always went out. So that's all important to me. How did y'all, did you know to do that because of your previous business experience or was it one of the co-founders that were like, Hey, we need to get an attorney. Like I just went through that with a business partner. We had to meet with three attorneys and they sent us this 35 page document. And I'm like, 
you want me to read that fucking thing? Like that's too long. But I'm like, I'll do command S and let my computer read it to me. And do you know, it took like three hours for that computer, but I, I put it on the slowest mode and I'm like, okay, some of these things I totally understand. And like, I would never do that. And you better not ne- never do that. <laughs> right. But um, it, it's intimidating. But like, how did you know to do that? You know, so yeah, you, you ask great questions, Angela. I, I was really, <laughs> really fortunate because in my businesses, I've always put together an advisory board. So um, yeah, an advisory board similar to like, a, you know, a board of directors or a paid board. Um, I've always put together like uh, advisory boards and non-paid advisory boards. And, um, and really what I, I just want to be able to ask them questions and, and, um, and bounce ideas off of them. I usually take them to dinner twice a year, you know, the whole board and, and kind of, I very transparent with them, lay out information about our financials and stuff like that. Um, and I had put an advisory board together in 15 um, for this for Tej, uh, d- separate advisory board from my first company, and so they, you know, they right away like you know help mentor through the steps of like what what are important and what aren't important, and um, and really kind of vet the ideas and and, and a lot of the stuff they didn't like you know um, about our business. So that's what you know kind of good practices around you know starting a business is like at least. If you can't, you know, you got to get at least a couple people and say, I want to take you to dinner and, you know, kind of, and, you know, and treat them right too, right? Don't take them to like the Cracker Barrel. I mean, you know, take them to the best <laughs> you can afford and, um, and say, I, I just really value your opinion. I, I just want to talk to you about my ideas and I want, I want to get your feedback. And, um, it's, you know, it's, it's a great way to, to start a business. And, um, you know, I still have my advisor board for Teach, so that's what led us to it. Yeah. So for any of you listening, if you're a brand new entrepreneur, you have no effing clue what we're talking about. Like that's okay. Because I didn't know what this was until I got into partnerships. Um, Cause my first business, my uncle, my, my family had a venue for a long time and he's like, don't ever have partners. And man, 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 man. But then it's like, with tech companies and with software companies and with some other things like opportunity opportunities come your way because you have a valuable strategic piece in your brain from your past experiences that is needed to grow a new company. And so I sit on multiple tech advisory boards, some paid, some not, some have equity, some not, but I learned about it years ago, more in like the technology space. And so in the creative space, um, we're, we don't, because we're all like, well, whatever, nothing bad will ever happen to us. Um, like we're just carefree children running around, like making things look pretty until something happens to you. Like you don't know you freaking need it. And so it is so important. And the other thing I'll say with advisory boards is like, these are people that are going to tell you straight up how it is. These are not your friends. These are not your family. These are vetted business owners who have been there, done that. And make sure like at least put together, I would say a healthy start is like four people on your advisory board and make sure you have some diversity and men think differently than women and vice versa. And so a really good advisory boards, at least the ones I'm part of, we have around 10 to 15 members after 15, that's like too many hands in the pot. 
Um, but we all come from very different backgrounds so we can help add value to growing that company and making that company better. And again, we're not there to like make things like sugarcoat things. Like we're there to just freaking tell you how it is. And you've got to be able to take feedback and, yeah. and, and constructive criticism. And again, reframe your thinking of like, this is your baby. Like, you know, when you're doing a product line, it's like, this is your baby. And it's like, but remember those people are there to help you better your baby. <laughs> Cause yeah. I know it's hard sometimes. Like I feel like some of the board meetings I'm in, I'm like a therapist, like I'm the mediator. I'm like, what she really means is this. And yeah. what he really means is this, right? Like, that's what you're trying to say. Right. And I'm like, fuck people. Like we're not here to like shove people. Like we're not trying to bulldoze over each other. We are all in the same team here. Like yeah. we're not, going to be in arguments, but it does help mediate. That's the whole operating agreement. It definitely helps mediate those things. Um, and then in the future, you know, if you decide to sell it or have, um, an exit or one of you have an exit, like there's a clear path to where it doesn't have to ruin a personal relationship. Like if there is one there. Um, so let's talk about disruption. Like how have you all, how do you, in as a founder, how do you think you disrupted the men's skincare market? Because, well, before you answer it, like, I don't think, I don't know anybody that's doing this, like for a men's subscription service, like, were you kind of the first or was it really disruptive? Cause did it yeah. exist? Yeah. I mean, we were really early on. There was two kind of giants out there. Um, that were that approached it from a different angle. We're we're still one of the only like real hardcore pure play subscription, meaning we don't we don't really you can't go to our website and just buy our face wash. We only sell systems, um, and we, we sell them on monthly subscription. Although you can buy you can buy you can buy at a premium a, a single uh, box of product. Um, one of you know our various boxes, our simple boxes, or are more age-defying uh, um, boxes, but um, we're we're one of the pure, you know, kind of only pure play subscription models out there. Um, we've loosened our model up a bit to allow for more flexibility for guys, but we were, you know, Dollar Shave was out there and uh, mm -hmm. and Harry was out there, and we we started in sixteen. Dollar Shave sold in sixteen for a billion dollars to Unilever. Um, mm -hmm. They were very shave-led. Um, and then Harry's was also very shave led. Um, so they're very much like about shave and then, um, you know, uh, and then, and then getting into like the grooming space behind that. And we're very face led. So we're very face and skin led. Um, and we really just focus on guys, you know, focusing on, um, their face. So we were, we were pretty much, you know, there's only a few other companies and then there's a few legacy brands that were really out there. Um, most of them were owned by the big skincare companies like Lab Series and um, Baxter California, which is owned by L'Oreal and Jack Black, which is owned by Edgewell. So they were a lot of these legacy brands that were out there. There wasn't any challenger brands like us. And really, there's like one or two other ones. So for people who don't know what a legacy brand is, what does that mean? You know, those are those are like brands pretty much, you know, that you grow up with, right? So Tide's a legacy mm -hmm. brand, um, you know, brands that are part of a portfolio of a large um, consumer product, good company, um, you know, like Pons or Axe or Dove um, or Suave. These are, you know, brands that, that, that really are kind of pioneers in the industry and have been around for a long time. 
So I'm not, you know, I mean, legacy brands in the men's skincare industry, probably only 10 or 15 years old, you know, Old Spice obviously being, you know, really probably the, the 100 pound gorilla, but, you know, Dollar Shave starting, um, you know, like I said, Jack Black, um, which was kind of one of the first skincare companies for men focused, Anthony's for Men out of New York. You know, these were like the first kind of guys that really entered into this space. I kind of learned about, and again, I didn't, you don't think about like legacy brands and the big brands that own the small brands. But as I got more into branding, I got pulled into this space to help branding companies understand psychology and how to write copy for sales funnels and for lead magnets and for pop-ups like on their website and stuff. And then I just started like learning more and more. And a friend of mine who I helped him and his partner open up their salon and they wanted to carry a makeup line and then, you know, a hairspray line. And they, I, I, I feel like they have like a small men's line, like kind of over in the corner because most of their um, clientele are women, but they, as we were like literally sitting on the floor, like really late at night, like going through all the catalogs and doing all the numbers and seeing like, what products are we going to apply for? Because you can't just go in and carry a luxury product. Like you have to apply for it. And then there's so many stores in a specific state that can like only carry that product. Like it's crazy. I learned so much. It was fascinating. Um, but what I didn't know is, um, my friend, he was like, Oh, L'Oreal owns that. Oh, L'Oreal owns that. Oh, L'Oreal owns that. And I'm like, what? And so it's like what they've done is they, um, the consumer doesn't know it because you've got like a, um, I don't know like the the nicest way to say it, but you've got like a cheap product and then you've got like a a mid-range product and then you have like your higher end luxury product, but L'Oreal doesn't want the consumer to know that because it's a completely different marketing campaign. It's a completely different store. It's it, but I'm just like, ah, that's really smart. (laughs) That's very, 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 very common. Um, You know? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, I, a good example of that. My, my kids are, you know, I, my, I have a couple in, in high school and co- or high school and college, but we were we were on holiday last week in uh, upstate New York, and you know we were having Ben and Jerry's, and um, I asked the person at Ben and Jerry's like, who owns Ben and Jerry's? And she's like, I don't know. I think a guy named Ben or Jerry. And what? <laughs> which is a cute, which is a cute answer, right? Oh my um, god! And you know, I mean, Ben and Jerry's is was bought you know, probably over 10 years ago, probably even a longer than that by Unilever. So Unilever is like, you know, one of the biggest global food and personal care brands in the world. Um, they, and, and they own like pretty much anything that's sold on a stick, like in the grocery store, like an ice cream bar or Eskimo bars or anything is highly likely that it's produced by Unilever, but you know, they would never put the Unilever name on Ben and Jerry's, right? I mean, Mm -mm. destroy the brand. Um, It's, you know, Ben and Jerry's has their own kind of their own mystique to it about these guys in Vermont that are, you know, hippies and everything else. So it's, it's, it's very common. I mean, Unilever owns many, 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 many brands that they're and and many prestige brands as well that um, both in women's and men's skincare, et cetera, et cetera, hair care that you would never know that they owned. 
Um, but, and that goes back to the very heart of your question, of your, of, of your question, Angela, which is, you know, being disruptive. If it wasn't mm -hmm. for that, um, it would be hard for us entrepreneurs and our small companies out there to be, to be truly disruptive. These brands are, um, you know, are very traditional in their thinking, very traditional in their marketing approach. Um, they don't understand DTC. Um, they are, and we are fully DTC brand. Um, mm -hmm. the only place to buy our product is either at Amazon or teach.com. And, um, you know, these companies just don't really understand it. Um, we spend a huge amount of our resources talking to our customers, um, and just like understanding our customers and focusing on every aspect of our customer and these big CPG companies just can't do it. They just they're like big battleships and you just can't even, you can't even steer them in a different direction very easily. So that's how companies like Teach can be really successful and be growth brand and be disruptive because these big companies just don't have the agility and the flexibility and, and, and really the, 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 the wherewithal to really focus on the customer and, and be, you know, create products that customers really like. Well, and just to loop it back around is like, the number one thing that you guys did that I feel like helped you really take off so quickly was finding a relevant person of the age with the following who very quickly accelerated the growth. And then with your previous experience, you made this amazing company so quick. Do you think you'll ever sell it? Probably. I mean, I don't think, you know, it's, um, there's no intention of like, you know, keeping it in the family for, for the next hundred years. We're trying to build a brand that is um, standalone, really strong, doing the right things for our customers that we're really, really proud of. Um, and, you know, at some point, if we do sell the company or retire, when I retire, I just want to look back and realize that we were part of like a revolution of guys really starting to take care of their skin. And I think like if, if, if that happens and, and like the concept that all guys, you know, have, you know, should be able to take care of their skin and it's not really that big a deal, um, culturally acceptable and, and guys, you know, see the importance of it. Um, I think that would make me feel fulfilled. Um, so we're just trying to build a really, really good company. And I think there is an exit at some point. Um, but I think that if we build a great company um, and a profitable one um, that, you know, people will, will eventually take interest in trying to buy it. Well, I think that what you have built is amazing. And just the brand, the marketing, the message, it's, it is what it is. Like it is simple. And I love that because so many people in the beauty space try to be cutesy. And so when I was like reading about it, I'm like uncomplicated skincare for men because skin, like men think skincare is complicated. <laughs> so it's like you automatically put that out front. So whoever's doing like your branding and your marketing, they're doing an awesome job. And ladies who are listening, if you are interested, we'll put this in the show notes, but go to teach.com. It's T as in Tom, I-E-G-E dot -E com and teach Hanley. And now you know where the name comes from. And I guarantee you people will remember the name because it's unique. And then it coming from your gr great uncle. 
Oh, yeah. Great, 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 great uncle. And by the way, I didn't tell you this, but it's like from the 1400s. It's really an old name. Really? Our family Bible. Um, so our family tree. So it was a really, 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 really old name, 1463. So um, wow. Yeah, it's really That's cool. That's so neat. It's Thank so you neat. Thank you so much. And I, I really, um, I'm really grateful for you to share the opportunity with your listeners that, um, you know, encourage everybody that men should really think about their skincare health. You know, they're going to the gym, they're taking care of themselves, they're watching what they eat. You know, they, they should be thinking, you know, they're brushing their teeth, they should be taking care of their skin. And um, they should stop stealing their, their significant other's um, skincare, right? And get, right. Their, get their own routine. Right. Get your own routine. Get your own routine. Okay, ladies, you got to look at it. And any men listening, uh, we'll put it on the show notes. Kelly, thank you so, so much for your time today. And everyone listening, thank you so much for your time today. And be sure to tune in next week for another episode of Business Unveiled. Bye. That's it for this week's episode of Business Unveiled. Now that you have all the tools that you need to conquer the world and GSD, get shit done, would you share this with your friends and fellow business leaders? One thing that would really, really help us and help new listeners is for you to rate the show and leave a comment in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you tune in and listen to Business Unveiled. You can check out the show notes at angelaprofit.com slash podcast and link up with us on social media so you can share your biggest insights and I want to know your aha moments. Until next week, remember the profitable shifts and structures you're creating in your business help you be more present in your life. So get out there and GSD.